0: I am so excited about today's podcast because I get to talk to one of my favorite people, Seema Parekh. I met Seema about five years ago and she's had a huge impact on my life since then, but more importantly, she's had a massive impact on the success of 48 and 48, an organization I co-founded about five years ago. In this episode, we talk about how 48 and 48 is surviving during COVID-19 how she's leading the organization forward, and her overall leadership philosophy. Hope you enjoy All right. I am very excited to have one of my good friends and a fellow leader with me on the podcast today, Seema Parekh. How are you doing, Seema?
1: Doing very well, Jeff. How are you? Great.
0: Uh, Could you start off by just telling everybody who you are and what you do?
1: All right. So my name is Seema Parekh. I am the Executive-in-Residence at 48 and 48, and I also work as the Director of Operations Strategy and Programs at IHG Hotels. Wow.
0: What, what do both of those mean? What's, what's an Executive-in-Residence for 48
1: and 48? So the Executive-in-Residence at Forty I'm tasked with running the organization. So basically, um 4848's mission, as you know, is um to mobilize technology and marketing volunteers to build websites for nonprofits. So we're giving back to the community. So my job is to run the day-to-day that allows the organization to hold these events.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if we if we wanted, we could easily change your title to executive director. I mean, you're essentially running the organization right now. Correct. Right. Okay. And then, Absolutely. and then that long IHG title. What, what does that mean? What do you actually do?
1: So um, I joined IHG last year. My role specifically works in the operations department for the Americas, and I'm responsible for the larger programs and projects that impact the hotels. So my main goal is to drive efficiencies for IHG to manage and shepherd larger initiatives of the COO.
0: Hmm. Sounds like a lot.
1: It's a handful
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Keep you busy for sure.
0: Well, one of the things I, I do want to chat with you about is, um, you know, how you do both of those things, how you manage your time. I find you to be very, very effective at that. Um, but first let's, let's talk about 48 and 48 and, um, give a bit of an update on, you know, sort of how this year has been going. Um, Certainly, COVID affected us dramatically. Obviously, we're an event-based organization. We put on hackathons, or at least until uh, COVID hit, pretty much all have been in-person hackathons. Um, our Some of our larger sponsors and donors were hit pretty hard by COVID. So mid-March, we had to let go of our only full-time employee um, because we were hit so, so hard. Uh, and that's when you really had a lot to start overseeing, but you pivoted our organization pretty quickly. Uh, can you talk about sort of the what led to thinking about virtual and then the test we did? Can you just kind of update on that?
1: Sure. So um, doing on-site events was great. I think the networking component, having bringing a group of people together has just always been fantastic. As COVID hit, we ended up in a situation where we could no longer meet together. But fortunately for 48 and 48, the service we provide can be done virtually. It can be done from anywhere. And we've started discussing options on how we would make that happen going forward, even if we were doing them alongside our on-site events. But how would we engage more people? How could we scale the organization, reach more volunteers, and then, therefore, reach more nonprofits, build more websites? What we found was um, through a little bit of testing that we could pivot our on-site events into virtual, um, build teams with partners who are ready to bring their skill sets to the table just like they would at an on-site event. But here, literally, because we are limited by COVID, limited by teams of people getting together, it was easy to say, what if we did this remotely? How would that be different? We set up social platforms that allowed us to communicate. We used some that we had in place. And then we added a couple of new ones just to make sure that everyone was connected. And we were very successful. We did an internal pilot with two nonprofits, just with 48 and 48 staff people to make sure our processes were still valid in place. We tweaked those as we went through our weekend. And then we took on a... um, partnership, I say, with IBM, where they brought about 50 plus volunteers to the table. And we did the same thing coast to coast, including a person in Germany, to build another set of websites. Again, a small test of sorts, but it was our first official virtual event. So a huge milestone for 4848.
0: Mm -hmm. And it was uh, seven websites with that IBM event? It was
1: seven websites, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I said this when we did the kickoff for that event um, on that Friday night, but um, it it is an incredibly impactful thing for us to be able to do virtual events. Because while obviously you and I both believe there's a future for physical in-person events for 48 and 48, we were always restricted by that location component of our mission. And there are people who maybe live in suburbs or different states or cities we weren't going to go to that we're never going to be able to participate. Um, we've done a, a you know an event or two in London, but it gets real hard to do international events uh, when you have to find a location and so forth. I, I was telling the you know those seventy or so volunteers um, that you know this was a huge weekend for us to be able to pull off and prove to ourselves that we can go in this direction. So, how do you think about the next? call it 12 months, where we have uncertainty around COVID and quarantine and whatnot. How do you think, you know, the next three, six, 12 months play out for 48 and 48?
1: So the enthusiasm around our virtual event was incredible. I um, can't tell you how many emails I've received from participants that have said, When's the next event? And I literally am not done with this one. I'm still tying up all the loose ends, making sure we've grabbed our lessons learned properly on how we can improve. But ideally, what we're looking at for the next three months is more continu- continued virtual events, and then bridging the virtual events into a hybrid event of sort. To whereas. We maintain safety standards for all our volunteers that are required and then also continue to expand the reach of our volunteers. So we we do both. We'll have a virtual team and we will have on site teams and that will become our hybrid event. So I look forward to that becoming a new norm for 4848. I don't think we're ever going to be limited by a city anymore, because to your point, Jeff, when we had an event in this particular city, there was always people who said when are you coming to my city when are you coming to mine and I didn't have a good answer now I can literally say hey anytime I'm come anytime because we can do it virtually right um so that's a really exciting um trajectory for 1448 it's a it's a huge uh, growth plan and there is so much good that we can do out there and there are so many people that are interested in helping no matter what today's circumstances. There are so many people that are out there wanting to be a part of our organizations and um, our organization's mission, and just to be a part of the forty-eight forty-eight family. And we are open, welcoming all.
0: Yeah, and I love that you um, got shirts sent out for that at IBM event because that's a special thing too. As I saw in the video, with, you know, all the all the volunteers and a lot of them had the new shirt on. The it's just a very fun fun way to connect. My hope is, so every year we do the October event in Atlanta. Hopefully a lot of people listening have been to that one. Um, and we had over 500 people sign up last year for that event. I'm kind of hoping we can get a thousand volunteers in October for the quote unquote Atlanta event, which I'm sure will be virtual. What do you think about that? Mrs. Executive in residence?
1: Goodness, a thousand. Um, It's a challenge, but then who am I to back down from a challenge? So if um, it's something that falls in place for us, we are blessed here in Atlanta, I think, with just an amazing group of volunteers and an amazing support system. Since we started here and that this is our home base, we have a fantastic opportunity to reach out to these organizations that have supported us previously who keep coming back year after year because they believe in what we're doing and they want to be a part of it so if thousands are number a thousand hey maybe it's two thousand i don't know but
0: wow look at you
1: hey let's go let's go i i just don't think that i think that we shouldn't limit ourselves and um every time we do an event we learn something every time we do an event we make progress every nonprofit that we help is addictive um, to each volunteer, um, and it's it'll come out also in a newsletter or a special bulletin newsletter that's coming out later on this month. We will speak to specifically our uh, 4848 virtual event with IBM, mm-hmm. and the positive comments, the optimism, and the support that we get around it is just fabulous.
0: Yeah, it's it's been really fun to see people still uh, get a lot out of these virtual events because I always thought that the in person made it so special and you get you know so much time over a two day period with people you really bond. But that's been really neat. Remind me how did how and when did you first get connected to Forty Eight? So I started the organization with Adam Walker in twenty fifteen. How did you get connected?
1: So when you started the event, I was working with a company called BKV. I was the director of project management at BKV, and BKV was one of your early sponsors. Mm-hmm. So I remember one of the VPs coming into my office and said, SEMA, we've decided to support 48 and 48. This is an organization, and I believe that your project management team or, and project managers would be fantastic help. Um, we should definitely build a team. Well, we sent them a check, but we should also be able to support them with our graphic designers, our content people, and our project managers. So that's sort of how I was introduced to 4848. And the first year, sent out a couple of project managers, and they were like, okay, this is really great. It's really fun but they need more, they need a whole program structure. So they need you to come in and do this and build this. And so that's how I got introduced to 4848. And we built that foundation, the the project management foundation and program foundation. And then I ran the event in Atlanta and in New York that same year. So it was all, it's kind of, um, it was very quick. Mm -hmm. It was extremely exciting. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be in a position to, whereas I could do this and, um, not have to worry about something else dropping. Right. So for me, it was just, Oh, a new thing to build. Let's go. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm so thankful that you said yes and got involved because you've been such an incredible, uh, force to our growth and to our success. So, um, it's been really, even though this has been a trying time, um, working with you over the last three or four months to really make sure the organization continues and, um, you know, because we got, uh, we'll probably do 10% of the revenue of the, the funding that we did last year. I mean, and for an organization to take that kind of hit and continue on, um, I think it's pretty, pretty amazing. So I give you uh, the most credit for that and for keeping our head above water.
1: Well, thank you and um, I have to share that credit with our amazing volunteers. Um, I've put calls out to people who were, who've worked with us previously and then some that actually just kind of came to us organically looking at 4848 and, and said, I've seen what you've done, I want to be involved, I want to be included, what can I do? So we've been very fortunate to have a great group of volunteers that allows me to do my day job mm-hmm. and also then work with 4848. Sundays were very, very long because they start really early with calls, you know, before eight o'clock in the morning. And then they end after eight or nine o'clock in the evening. But because we have a fantastic group of volunteers, everyone's flexible and they all show up, right? Um, And I'm a stickler for showing up on time for things and getting things done. So um, I think drawing those people to you and drawing people to the same cause exciting them about what they're um, they're providing here is really what helps 40 and 48 grow and I think that will continue our growth that'll that'll continue to make us fabulous
0: well that's a great segue into the second thing I wanted to talk with you about um, around your leadership style um, you know you've got a big job at IHG you've got a Big job with forty eight. You've got a family, um, and I feel like you've done a really good job of, at least on the forty eight side, delegating and finding volunteers who can step up, giving them uh, autonomy to make decisions. Can you talk sort of about your leadership style and what's been most effective for you running both of these things?
1: So um, I think my leadership style, you know, it doesn't necessarily have a tag. It's a hybrid of things that I've learned through my career for sure. Um, But when it comes to working with people, whether it be at 4848 or at IHG, um, it's a question of finding those people that have the same drive and passion that you do. I'm incredibly passionate about 4848. I don't think you could get rid of me if you tried. (laughs) Um, But um, I. I look for that quality when I talk to people and sometimes it's just a conversation and some little bell goes off in my head and I'm like yeah this is the person that I want. It might take me two conversations to draw them in but I'm going to draw them in because I know that they will become addicted to 4848. You know it's just like that sample thing. Um, We have an understanding with the team in general when I speak to anybody it's like you're being brought in here because you've got a skill set that I need. If I didn't need your skill set and I could do the job myself, I wouldn't need you. But obviously, I can't. I'm not the subject matter expert. And I'm a huge, huge proponent of experts in their fields. And I believe in people doing their jobs. There's always direction needed. I'm more than happy to provide my two cents. But at the end of the day, I rely on the expertise on my teams to bring the value that, that they can bring. And I believe in that autonomy. I am not a micromanager at all. If you do it wrong, I'll tell you, because I'm very straightforward like that. And I put it put that on the table with everybody. It's never my intention to be rude to anybody. And I think I do a pretty good job not being rude. But we all set um, milestones for ourselves. We should all reach those milestones. If we can't, we should just stand up and say, can't do this. Mm -hmm. Help me. And I'm more than happy to help. And I feel like the people that we have on our team understand that respect that we have mutual respect for each other. And, um, that moves us all forward together. You know, we're a very flat organization.
0: Yeah. You, you you hit on something I think that's really important, which is this idea that finding people with both passion and drive is how you can really start to scale and build trust and delegate, uh, Obviously, if you are in the trenches with someone, that's one of the nice things about 48 and 48 is that an event happens, well, when they used to happen in person, and you would be together and you'd see people under stress. You'd see you know what they've got, how excited they are about it. And at the end of it, you'd get a sense for do they have both of those things. Um, and you've done a, a really impressive job with the core team of volunteers that you have that they they all have those two things passion um and drive. My question is is there any way to really get from somebody if if they have those things uh outside of just putting in time with them and working? Like are there tips or tricks or things you ask or things you look for in first couple meetings that help you assess like this person's got it or doesn't? Or is it just you got to be in the trenches and and really see?
1: I think it's 5050 Jeff because half the time you know right off the bat. It's easy. Right. And then if you don't know, then it's a matter of setting up a couple of tasks to see how those tasks are carried through. And if you feel like they're done adequately. You're good. And then you can find something to build on if you're challenged with it. And then then different people, because different people work differently, you do have to get to what makes that person tick. Right. And that's additional conversations which can be had because I do one on one calls with just about everybody I work with. And then we do group calls. Um, I'm available to pretty much everybody most of the time. Right. I do have a problem saying no, but it's okay because I feel like I can manage my no. We get to a point where we can't, we'll have to rethink it, but it's really about communication and open communication. And if I'm doing something wrong, I challenge the teams to always say, if you see me doing something that's not quite right, you tell me because I'm going to do it to you, right? So I think building that foundation is really important. And sometimes, yes, it's task by task that you have to go through, but then you real you have to evaluate, is this going to be a good fit for that person as well as for me, right? Or is it a good fit for 48 and 48? Because the people are great regardless of whether or not they can complete a toss the people are great it's yeah. just a question of fit right and sometimes if we're not a fit we should still be able to shake hands and you know go grab a drink somewhere but it's just not going to work in this scenario and i think sometimes we have to be the adult to recognize that and be able to give that message as kindly as possible
0: yeah and and i would say you have a a great skill in doing that um your directness is also is also very kind and thoughtful, but you you're great about being able to say, "All right, we just need to talk about this." Um, okay, so if people are listening and and you've inspired them the way that you've inspired me to get more involved with Forty Eight, if that's possible, um, what 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 do you most need from volunteers right now, and and where would you point just anybody who's interested in getting involved?
1: So by default, I would point everyone to the 4848 website. If you're interested in volunteering, please volunteer, um, sign up. If you know of a nonprofit that can use our services, sign up for that. If you know of a company and you want your company to be involved in 4848 because of the great things that we're doing, then let's talk about sponsorship. You can always reach me directly um, at 4848. You can also... um, Join any of our events, keep in track with our newsletters. We're always looking for volunteers. We're looking for WordPress people. We're looking for designers. We're looking for people who help with our marketing committee. Any of those skill sets, bring them on. We'll find a place for you for sure.
0: That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. But more importantly, thank you for everything that you're doing for 48 and 48, for our community, for the world's nonprofits. Uh, I love working with you. Thanks for doing this.
1: Same here, Jeff. Thank you.
0: Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't really know people did that anymore. Since you're still here, I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get updated when I post my next podcast. And you can always check out everything I'm up to at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. Thanks for listening.